Hello and welcome to the GX video series and the podcast. My name is Ian Khan and I'm your host. In this episode that's being filmed at the World Government Summit 2023, I have with me Himant Jani. Himant is the secretary of the Capacity Building Commission in India. Himant, welcome to the show and welcome to World Government Summit. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you here because first of all, we want to know about everything that's happening in India, everything you can tell us. We also want to know from you, state of government services, government service delivery in a country that's powering the world in many, many ways. Like it's it's an important uh, partner of the UAE and globally has a huge impact. So tell us about your work, first of all. How are you finding the World Government Summit this time around? It's your first time attending. What are some of the observations? Sure. Uh, first of all, let me thank the World Government Summit team and the government of UAE for inviting me for such a fascinating experience. I've been here since yesterday and it's been a really, really fascinating experience. Um, let me tell you something about my work. Uh, we are at the World Government Summit, right? The word government is very important. We all know why government. Nobody disputes that. But by whom and for whom is the key question. When we talk about governments, governments are for citizens and delivering public services to citizens. But do you ever think as a citizen, if you, let me, let me take you back <coughs> to your, your journey. If you are traveling by a train in India, I don't know whether you have visited India or not. If you face any problem, who would you call? Imagine you are a diplomat from UAE and you know the railway minister of India. But in that moving train, who is the person who can help you? The ticket checker or the manager of that compartment in that train, bogey. That is the only person who can help you at that time. And for 99% of citizens who receive any kind of services from the government, that person who is closest to the citizen is government. Mm -hmm. People don't care who the minister is, who the secretary or no. the, who the CEO is. People care about the person who is closest to them. Right. So ultimately the buck stops there when we talk about government yeah. and government services. And that is exactly the work we are doing. We are empowering that person who is closest to the citizen by providing them right knowledge, right skill and right attitude to serve the citizen. Right. And I have, been, I have been listening to many dialogues going around in the summit itself towards government service delivery. Yeah. So the person part of government service delivery is the most important part, which often gets ignored. We talk a lot about technology, we talk a lot about money, we talk a lot about processes, but we don't talk about the person. Right. And that is what we are doing in one corner of India as part of the Personal and Human Resource Ministry as part of Capacity Building Commission. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit more about kind of the structure of the Capacity Building Commission, like how does it fit in the bigger uh, architecture of the government? So uh, we are part of uh, the Ministry of Personal and Training, which is the apex human resource development body in the country for the government human resources. Uh, the commission is an independent autonomous body reporting to the Prime Minister's Human Resource Council. We are working on both the supply side and demand side of the capacity building. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, India, 1.4 billion people we talk, but to serve those 1.4 billion people, we have 93 ministries and departments and we have some 2600 federal agencies yeah. who deliver those services. Yeah. So on one hand, we are working with each agency to identify their capacity building needs. 
But another fascinating fact is we have some 800 training institutions which work towards helping these agencies do capacity building of their manpower. Right. right. And I let me give you another number. We have 3 million civil servants at the federal level. And we have around 25 million civil servants serving the whole of India, whole of country at the sub-national level. Right. So we are, we are trying to create interventions, programs and uh, policies to build their knowledge, skill and uh, attitude to serve the people better. Yeah, no, no, that's the scale of, the sheer scale of that is just mind-boggling, right? I mean, there's many stats out there. Uh, some of them say that in the next, uh, I think, by 2050 uh, or 2035 or 2050, India's population will overtake that of China, right? There's all kinds of stats. It has already there. overtaken. It has already overtaken. It has already overtaken. So, in terms of economic output, in terms of population growth, you know, the impact that India will have on the broader world is growing day by day. Two things come to my mind. Number one, and given what you just told me, the numbers that you just shared with me, number one is trust. How do you create trust between all these different lines of people and civil servants throughout? And number two is speed. How do you deliver uh, messaging, deliver programs? Because knowing those would be very empowering for our, our listeners and, and, and viewers. How do you do that? Speed and trust. What's the formula? What's the magic formula behind it? So, very good question and very relevant also in uh, today's time when we are sitting here. See, how trust gets built? When we have dialogue with each other, when we see eye to eye and we feel each other, then trust, trust gets built. Tomorrow when I meet you again, you will be, I will trust you more that, hey, I can deal with this person or I can talk to this person. So one way is to create the avenues for dialogue with the citizen and avenues for direct dialogue, removing the agents and removing all the hurdles in between. So uh, I don't know if you have heard of a platform called MyGov. My right. government platform. So uh, early on in 2014, we had launched a platform called MyGov, which is a direct platform for dialogue with citizens from any issue to suggestions to their inputs and their views, etc. Right. That is one way. And second, the speed. So uh, in terms of speed, of course, when you create these platforms and if you empower them with technology, those provide you a lot of speed. So today you can see uh, all of us are WhatsApp yeah. each other. So that is the way government is also working in India. We have created many platforms, many applications with the help of technology and we are trying to reach out to as many people directly right. as we can. Yeah, and, and, and there's countless programs that we often hear about uh, in the news or India is working on them. And I think over the last, I would say, maybe the last five to eight years, I would say, and please correct me if I'm wrong, uh, many things have been done, many new things have been launched from standardizing currency to standardizing information collection, information management. How much of the focus does the government have on emerging tech, say blockchain technology as an example? Is, I'm sure, is government working on such, such big, big giant pillars of you know, uh, enablement? Yes, yes, of course. Uh, nobody can not think about technology in today's world. Mm. So India was also one of the first countries to start thinking about artificial intelligence. Of course, UAE has a minister for artificial intelligence. India was one of the first countries to even create a policy document around artificial intelligence. So government is thinking about all emerging technologies. Recently, we have launched, a, as part of my work, we have launched a program for awareness of emerging technologies, from blockchain to data analytics to artificial intelligence, everything. Right. How do we create even awareness about the civil service? 
and I often quote one uh, 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 philosophy that I follow that going forward technologies are the new humanities when you think of any government service earlier we had to think from humanities lens right, right? we all studied social science in our uh, schools and public policy is all about philosophy economics and social sciences today any public servant or a civil servant like me cannot think of a new government program without thinking about technology first mm. and often times technology compels governments to think about a new program. Imagine we never had those Uber and app-based taxi bays on our airports. But now every government and every airport authority has to think about it first. The technology induced us to think about it. Yeah. So we are thinking about emerging technologies very well. But more than that, if you look at India's example, and today in the plenary sessions, the example was quoted. India has created a silent revolution around the public use of technology. Mm -hmm. So India is one of the largest infrastructure, India has created one of the largest infrastructure layer right. for public use technology, right. digital public good as we call them. So it's a fascinating era and we are all working on it. At the commission we are working on uh, creating capacity amongst the civil servants mm. to not only regulate the emerging technologies but more importantly to appreciate and adopt the emerging technology solutions right. that have already been created somewhere in private sector and somewhere in the startups. Yeah, yeah. So if I if I if we can dig down a little bit deeper into that what would be an, an ideal pathway that you would propose to a country, a nation, a government that wants to just, just replicate what you guys are doing, right? What should they do to expand, to deliver these cutting-edge services? On one hand, we look at these early movers, we look at the Estonias of the world, the Singapores of the world, very small population. Even the UAE is, is, a, is, a, is a very, uh, you know, cozy co population. But when you look at larger uh, countries in South America, you look at Brazil, you look at, um, I don't know, uh, some European countries or Asian countries who are still not where you are, what would be your recommendation to them how to proceed, like three steps or five steps, whatever you like? It's a very difficult question to even think But make think it easy about. for us. But uh, let me borrow from uh, Professor Schwab. He, uh, uh, in the opening of the summit, he used an analogy that don't, when you are sitting inside government, don't look at technology changes because technology is moving really fast these days. Don't look at technological change as a crisis. Right. Look at as a transformation. And he gave a very good analogy that when you are in a crisis, you went to remove the crisis and come back to the original position. Right. But when you are in a transformation journey, you have to go from point one to point B. Mm -hmm. So first of first look at the technology as a transformation opportunity right. for your country, for your service delivery, for your people. Second is start small, don't stop. Yeah. If you are not a very large economy, start small, start somewhere and start doing something. Yeah. That will take you somewhere. And the third is when you think about technology, put the citizen at the center and not the technology at the center. Mm -hmm. We often get uh, really impressed by the technology and the solution and we forget the user. Right. So if you start thinking from the citizen's perspective first, you will achieve your objectives and your goals much, much faster yeah. in using technology than when you start thinking only from the technology mm -hmm. perspective. Mm -hmm. So here at the World Government Summit, we also had something called 
the Gov um, Award Technology Awards that are given to this year. Uh, it has started to give it to university students who come up with the most innovative app. Uh, and uh, the number one prize went to IIT Indoor, I think, a team from India. Yes. They have created an amazing solution based on blockchain technology, and we just interviewed them here as well. And it was really great for me to speak to them because they're young kids. They're, they're people who you know, will create so much more change in the future. But looking at them now in their final year of engineering or, or whichever, uh, you know, at, at, at this point in their education, the point being, this is the talent that's coming out of India as a nation, right? What do you guys feed this talent? What, is, what are they eating? for breakfast that every country can learn from and do the same with their young generations because that's such an important point uh, in being able to create this transformation that we all are looking forward to. That's a special kind of millet but it's a secret. <laughs> we can't reveal the recipe to you. <laughs> See, I always, I always feel when it comes to uh, the youth, what matters is the basics. There are three basic colors, like red, green, and blue. And by mixing those three basic colors, you can create any palette of colors that you want. So when your basics are fine, when your basics are in place in your education system, and that is something which we are very fortunate, that in our education system, our basics, math, science, and philosophy, mm. it is always taken care. If you, uh, when I was studying, I had to study very hard yeah. <laughs> to even go anywhere. And of course, there is a lot of competition. Yeah. So the kids you, you, you interviewed today, they have come out of uh, immense uh, and fierce competition. Yeah. So of course, they have, to be, they have to be good. But more than that, uh, you might have heard of another program called Tinkering Labs. So under one of our programs called, uh, one of our newer agency, relatively newer agency, Atal Innovation Mission, we have established around 10,000 tinkering labs. So we don't want our kids to go and experience a drone or a 3D printer when they enter the graduation program right. or they enter a university technology, uh, uh, yeah. a technology university. Yeah. We want them to play with drones in their sixth standards and seventh standards mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and be aware about it. And that also inculcates a lot of design thinking and a lot of curiosity in them yeah. to work on future solutions. Yeah. So those are some of the things which we are, we are doing in India. And of course, uh, UAE is also doing a lot on, on this. We have a lot of collaboration with UAE. Today, India has 50,000 startups, but more important, more than the startups, around 10% of the new firms that are being created in India, they are all being created by the young kids right. who are coming out of college. So the way the thinking of Indian youth is changing towards entrepreneurship and creating something, that is what is playing a big role, a key role in this journey. Incredible. I wish we had more time, but Himan, thank you so much for spending these last few minutes with us. And uh, we hope we can have you on again, again in the future. And we'll continue following the stories uh, and the change that's happening in India. So thank you so much for being part thank of, you, of this session. Thank you very thank much. You so much. I'm looking forward to be and back here again. Uh, excellent. And that's the end of this session, folks. Please subscribe to the channel on YouTube, on uh, podcast platforms, wherever you find it. Thank you so much, and we'll catch you soon. Thank you.